0: Welcome into the first episode of Table Talks. My name is Michael Merritt, your illustrious DM on the main story campaign, and with me I have Sam Capick.
1: Hey, that's uh, one me. Of,
0: one of my players, and my co host for Table Talks. Uh, for the foreseeable future. And also a DM.
1: That's true. I've been DMing for almost a decade at this point. Wow. Ever since I was 14. That's a lot of experience. Yeah. It's nice to be a player now, though. I'll tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an entire folder of characters. That's like, well, I'm never going to play these. Maybe well, they'll be an NPC, I guess. <laughs> a list well, of sigh.
0: So, to give everyone a rundown of what Table Talks is going to be, it's going to it's it's a talk show, and we're going to be speaking on relevant matters in the D and D universe. Um, sometimes about controversial things that are going on, a uh, bits of history, and possibly. New releases by Wizards of the Coast and that other things, some, our personal opinions, some frequently asked questions, things like that. Some mechanics that
1: aren't very well mm. explained by <laughs> Wizards of the Coast. <laughs> um, yeah. Looking at you, carry capacity. <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I will not make coins weigh anything. That's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so. But what's our topic for today?
0: So we're starting out real strong today um, with a very controversial topic.
1: Is it Uh, controversial? I feel like, yeah,
0: people get people get uppity about it, the topic and get very defensive. And I do. I we're going to be talking about the Matt Mercer effect, everybody. That's a pretty big, strong one coming right out the gate. And with Critical Role ending recently, season two ending recently, uh, I think it's pertinent to talk about something
1: like this. I agree. This yeah. Is a, a very good topic. Um. And something that needs to be talked about. I know that the cast of Critical Role themselves have brought it up, but I think hearing the point of view of someone not... In that, not one of them. Yeah, not part of Critical Role could also help.
0: And I want to start off by saying, just so that a bunch of people don't get upset,
1: um... We love Matt I am Mercer. A, yeah, we I'm a huge Critical fan role. of Matt Mercer. Um, I don't want anyone to get it twisted. We yeah. both watch and we both love it. But this, Absolutely. The, Absolutely. You know, they even acknowledge that, you know, this is a thing that people yes. need to know about. Um. So, what is the Matt Mercer effect, Mike? Could you give people I the, could a rundown? I can define it. Oh, you have a definition. Yes. I have one a of definition. Those
0: oh, yes. The Matt Mercer effect describes the unrealistic expectations of new uh, of new Dungeons and Dragons players who believe their games will be similar to Critical Role. The name comes from Matthew Mercer, Critical Role's dungeon master, a voice actor who superbly guides a cast of professional voice actor players and runs the game. Now, I want to underline superbly because, man, he is talented.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he's a professional voice actor. He's a fantastic Mm -hmm. writer so so in
0: layman's terms the matt mercer effect is people who have never played D before coming in and thinking that every dm is matt mercer they're exactly. expecting huge maps and special effects and everything done for them and to be honest a lot of us are poor y'all yeah
1: you don't <laughs> like- <laughs> it's very tricky to make money off dungeons and dragons and yes. also, you have to realize, how many hours do you think Matt Mercer has spent DMing and writing and practicing his voices in all of this? It's his you know, job. Like, yeah, that's like being a middle school basketball player, being like, oh, man, I could be LeBron James in a dunk off. Like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe one no. day, kid, but. And
0: he's it's a whole cast of. uh on the other side of it, players are expecting themselves and other players to be as talented as someone, say, like Laura Bailey or or any of the others, you know, and those, people forget that those, those people do that professionally, not just in D&D, but they are in everything. They're some of the most popular voice actors in the business. Yeah,
1: They're incredibly
0: real. talented. And I'm sorry, but not every player that I have is a voice actor. So oh, God no!
1: <laughs> I cannot do accents even.
0: No, it's and it's all right. We love you
1: anyway. <laughs> Aw, thanks. <laughs> so like, uh, now that we know what the Matthew Mercer ev- uh, effect is, what are some yeah? Uh, what are some things that players can do? Players and and DMs especially can do to uh. I suppose, help manage it. So, I
0: think from my side of the camp, you just can't go into D&D. You could go into D&D with no matter how much experience you have, no matter what you've watched, but you definitely need to go in with an open mind, because no matter who you're playing with, whether it's Matthew Mercer or a brand new Baby DM, they have worked their absolute tail off to to create this world for you in this story absolutely. And maybe they aren't the best writer you know maybe maybe they're they're kind of going off of what you guys say or a lot of new dms i notice do open world stuff where they just do like a monster of the week or something like that instead of a long-standing campaign and that can work. and that's fine because the most important thing about this is that everybody has fun
1: yeah
0: that's the whole point of d from my from my perspective, and for the DM to tell the story that they want to tell, yeah. however, it, however
1: that manifests itself. And for the dungeon masters, you know, practice makes perfect, and as silly as that is to say... For true, though. It's important to <laughs> not let it get true. you down. I mean, myself and Mike can both speak from experience that we have dungeon mastered bad Shitty games. Oh, we have both made yeah. real mistakes playing as a dungeon master.
0: Yes, yeah, for sure. Um, there's still some that I think back on and just go,
1: "Oh, giving, giving someone a magic I item thinking? that <laughs> you're like, it can't be that broken." It's broken. Throwing a monster that there's no way this will kill the entire party. It will. It will. <laughs> it happens to everyone.
0: Yes. And you also have to remember, I think, I think you'll agree with me on this that uh critical role is a show. Yes. Um they're going to tailor some things and they're going to have practice some things uh ahead of time. They yes. know their characters. They've talked out of character about what's going on. They they have prepared themselves as actors because that's exactly what they're doing. They are yeah. acting. They're preparing themselves for for the next iteration, the next episode. And then they just play their character. A lot yeah. of people get... Get that twisted with what you do in at home, where it's it's difficult to it's well it's difficult to describe first of all. But Im-
1: improv is difficult, everyone, and that's what oh D&D my god, is. it is. C and D is improv.
0: Yes, th- thank, thank you. I was losing it on that one. Yeah, for sure. Quick on your feet, um, and and listening listening to other players and playing off of what they do and reacting how your character would act.
1: Absolutely. That's a that's difficult. That takes skill. Yeah, it takes playing a lot of D&D in order to mm-hmm. be able to do stuff like that reliably. And I suppose that we can bridge this over to another aspect of the Matthew Mercer effect, which is that critical role is very high, well done, very high production value.
0: Mm hmm. Spend a lot of
1: money on it. Yes. Terrain is very expensive. Or Yeah, take it away on terrain, man, because I don't make terrain. You do. Or it can be (laughs) very difficult to make. I used to play a lot of Warhammer 40k, so... It would come to a point where we couldn't go out and buy pre-made terrain or even... uh, get any custom made. We just had to make do with what we had. Like, ah, this box will be a cliff and there's a little bridge here. So a lot (laughs) of people whose main experience of Dungeons & Dragons uh, if their first real introduction to it is Critical Role and watching it and seeing all of these extremely extravagant sets of terrain in this well-done set and then they come and actually come to play it and they come with the expectation that they're going to get the same thing and then they realize like oh we're using a whiteboard and dry erase markers and we're using yeah. dice instead of minis
0: yeah that's that's i have seen the disappointment on people's faces before
1: yeah and it always kind of hurts as a dm because you know yeah. you are trying to do your best and you want everyone to enjoy it but
0: sorry some of those minis costs like at the on the cheap end at $30 and a custom mini.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's unpainted. Yeah. And then you got to paint it yourself and you have and, to paint it. And I enjoy painting as much as the next guy, but and I use a lot of minis.
0: I I bought a, a really cool. Well, it's a air quote mini. It's actually it looks like a birthday cake, but I bought one. Of um, oh goodness, I'm losing his name here. It's a dragon, yeah. It's it's the um, the flame of the north. What's his name? Uh, Oh God, Clast or Clast? No, (laughs) Uh, Clouth. Clouth. It was Clouth. The 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 uh great
1: worm. I'm sorry that I forgot another dragon. That's name starts with a K.
0: Oh excuse me, uh, but Clouth is about the size of a city. And I was like, this is awesome. I want, I want this. And I looked at the fully paint, like the full size painted version of it, where you can actually put um, your own minis in the city and stuff with the dragon on it that has like moves around on the, on the mini. It's like
1: $2,000. Yeah. Miniatures. Fully insane. And the miniatures that are not mini are very expensive. (laughs)
0: But you have to understand that like Matt Mercer spends a lot of time on these campaigns. They spend a lot of time prepping their characters. The crew Uh,
1: spends a lot of time doing, you know, building terrain and set design. Absolutely. So
0: they have a whole team. Your DM is by himself, by his or herself. You know,
1: like, yeah, cut him some slack. Exactly. And go On into the, it with the expectation of just having fun with yes. people that you enjoy hanging out with. Yes, you know.
0: On the other side to- of this, to cut the players some slack, um, a lot of players get discouraged. New players get to distur- get dis- blah, blah, blah blah blah. They get discouraged coming into a game with like an experienced DM who's got all this cool stuff, and and really puts it together, and some other experienced players. ...and they think they're not doing enough. They're not, you know... ...they're not one of the characters on Critical Role.
1: Yeah. And, and if you are a Players new player, cut yourself some slack, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you're a new player, it's okay to sit and listen for a couple of sessions. Mm-hmm. Like, watch how other people do it. And then, you know, for the first couple of sessions where you decide... ...all right, I'm ready for this... ...you can still take it easy because... ...you know, you are sitting there with a bunch of your friends... But it's still really awkward at first. It is incredibly yeah. awkward to play Dungeons and Dragons at first. Yeah. For some people it comes very naturally, but for other people it's like, hmm.
0: Because you're honest. opening up to people that you care about and you're you're showing a side of yourself that you've never shown before.
1: Exactly. And it's character acting, which mm-hmm. not a lot of people have experience with, you know, being able to pretend to be someone else.
0: So so big uh big like kind of revelation about me um, I have really 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 bad stage fright like yeah horrible oh yeah I can do this right now because there I whose face am I looking at there no one <laughs> I'm not looking I'm at anybody's faces no one's watching me I'm we're just looking talking at, I'm looking at
1: Randy I know
0: Randy's here yeah Randy's yeah. here which is cool
1: yeah you're okay talking
0: about um, me. But like, that's why I have a hard time unless I'm like super drunk doing <laughs> things like karaoke. Oh, never
1: or, karaoke, please. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or when I have, you know, when we played the last uh, group that we played with was a pretty big group, right? Yeah. So there was a whole crowd in, in that living room while we were playing. And it wasn't because I was hot but it's because I was incredibly anxiety-ridden. I was pouring sweat.
1: Oh, yeah. Because I'm terrified of you people. For the (laughs) matter Cursor effect. if we we played that for, what, almost two years? Yeah. And not everyone even had a table, and we still had a fantastic time. (laughs) (laughs) Like, sometimes there weren't even enough chairs for everyone to sit down, and we still managed to have fun, so... I
0: mean... At I mean, of one day, of our players curled up underneath the coffee table. That is true.
1: <laughs> and he just played. And he just played. just—he was just it was awesome. <laughs> so, the biggest takeaway is go into Dungeons & Dragons wanting to have fun and wanting to get better at writing and speaking. And just hang out. You know, it's a game at the end of the day. It's a very fun game. It's one of my favorites, and so if you go in with the expect uh, expecting that it's going to be some you know world changing, earth shattering, you know blow your mind, you know the wire level production value every single session. Well, I hate Mm -hmm. to say it, but you are kind of setting yourself up for. I don't know why I thought the wire, (laughs) but
0: there's. (laughs) (laughs) What is it? It's very specific. <laughs> yeah, every expected. every game doesn't have to be Game of Thrones level production value, you know? Yeah. And while. If you're on our other, if you're if you're on our main campaign, um, our production value is is significantly increasing by every episode. That's through hard work and practice, Yeah, a lot of which is done by Sam and I exclusively. <laughs>
1: yeah, and, or-
0: You know, it takes
1: 16 hours to do that kind of thing. Yeah, like Mike and I are both very experienced with D&D and even we have hiccups. It's fine. Oh, my God. Yes. Like when I fall over my words during a monologue. Oh, so so annoying. Like I'm trying to be epic and it's not. "Mm." You guys (laughs) do not know how much we cut out of every single episode. Oh, <laughs> I I think in this last episode, episode six, I may have cut out around ten minutes exclusively as of us pausing to think, stuttering over our words, or saying um.
0: Yes. So even even in our thing where it looks like it's going smooth, it's not. We're just cutting that out because we don't like how it sounds. At an at-home game, when no one's watching, all of that's okay, because people have, like, bags of chips and drinks and there's there's food coming in. All of that is perfectly normal and perfectly acceptable at a D&D game.
1: Exactly. You
0: know, but it's what you want. Everyone is comfortable. Everyone is bunkering down to play
1: some Dungeons and Dragons. Exactly. That's what we want. But everyone does want As a want DM, to I'm happy with that. Everyone does want a little bit of a higher quality game, and let's give a few really easy tips that we've learned through DMing that really help kind oh, of yeah. bring your game to that next level. The first yes. that I was going to say is that even before we started recording, Mike, that you would put music on—just background music. Yeah.
0: Yes. Uh, to me, personally, music sets the 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 mood and the ambiance. It to it put it brings the game which would normally be in silence to an entirely different level even if you add nothing else adding music uh, uh it's just it helps everyone get in the mood in our campaign that that two-year-long campaign not the one that we're doing now obviously that has music but the one the two-year-long campaign at home um
1: they just had a speaker how many times we would do yeah. it and play music
0: How many times would you guys hear a specific like theme song or sound and immediately have a visceral reaction?
1: How many times have I said, why do I hear boss music? (laughs) Music is is amazing at setting the mood. It can, without you saying anything, it can put players, you know, it can make them happy. It can make them sad. It can put them on edge. Yes. so, So
0: So for for DMS, for fledgling DMS out there that don't have anything else in the whole world, they have a book and a wild dream, you know, and a a notepad. Y'all music.
1: Yeah, like get on
0: Spotify, get on YouTube, get a cheap little speaker and put it in the center of everybody. And that's it. That's all you need. Like, and if you want to go up from there, there are some like for terrain what would you
1: just dis- what would you uh would say? recommend you. for like terrain and stuff yeah so there are many many excellent youtube channels um a lot better than i am at making terrain where they <laughs> go to the dollar store and will make terrain out of a one dollar action figure and the packaging it came into and of course they have paint but yeah paint isn't exactly expensive if you don't get you know just don't get it from the Warhammer stores or anything Please like don't. that, because that just is all to, like, marked up. Just go to, like a paint thing. Get Michael's out of Go to arts and crafts. Go to Hobby Lobby, and just buy some cheap shit. Yeah, just buy cheap stuff you find, because you're not and, painting your room. You know, exactly. you're not painting your house. You're painting a minifig. Or like a terrain. No one is going to be sitting there with a microscope inspecting your work, you know? Take it easy on yourself. If you can stand, like, three to five feet away and tell (laughs) what something is, you've done a great job. It's perfect.
0: And to be honest, like, I love minis and I love terrain. I am horrific at painting. Terrible. Just god-awful, shaky hands. All of that stuff. I don't actually use minis in my home. I would love to, but it's just not something... We use theater of the mind, unless yeah. we're in battle, and then we have a whole, like, a grid
1: sheet with battle maps and stuff. Yeah. And or we use, just use dice sometimes. Yeah, we just use D4, because, well, I was going to say no one rolls D4, but in our campaign, D4 has <laughs> been very useful. Oh maybe, go God, for a, yeah. maybe go for a D12.
0: D12, yeah. the, the least used dice in the game. The
1: yeah. D12. Um, but and Do it like that and work on, as a dungeon master, you know? Do some reading and learn better ways to describe things, you know? Expand your vocabulary. Yes. You
0: don't have to provide a physical terrain and physical picture when you can mentally paint a picture for them. Exactly. Um, you in the, in the episode that we just recorded, uh, which yesterday, we recorded the next couple of episodes, uh, I spent a, a monumental amount of time describing things where I haven't before in the, in the podcast. As, as the world starts to unfold and you guys start to explore some more, it becomes more imperative, especially where we're recording and we're not in person right now. To be vocally descriptive of the world, because if I say a, the wind was blowing, that could go anywhere. Yeah, but if I say the bitter chill bites into your skin like tiny flies, that that yeah, elicits that paints, a
1: reaction. That paints a picture for people. It's yes. much better than it's windy. An it's, invasive it's cold.
0: cold. Yeah. Yeah. So you description and learning how to how to describe things is is one of the most important skills as a dm um and it's something that say matt mercer does so incredibly well yeah and he does it even with terrain
1: (laughs) this also goes for players you know try and be a little more descriptive in what you're character is doing you know explain kind of their body language a bit while they're doing something like if the rogue is trying to pick a lock under pressure say like oh well his hands are shaking as he draws out his picks and he bumps them against the side as he tries to slide them in and jimmy the lock open
0: because players you're also telling your own story you're telling your character's story so be be vocally descriptive and and then one that takes a lot off of the dm
1: yeah. And it gives and them more two, to work with.
0: Yes. And it gives us more to work with. As well as you know, it's it's just it's just so pleasing. So pleasing to have players that describe in detail things that are happening. Now you don't need to overdo it and, and yeah. speak for speak for 20 minutes about what's happening and the finer points, but like a quick Synopsis of what you're doing with, with some very poignant details,
1: perfect. Ugh oh, Absolutely. Mm, one like very, chocolate. One very good sentence always does well. And there's no feeling that's better than finishing up a session and everyone sits back and is collectively like, damn, that was good. We did that yesterday, didn't we? Did we did. <laughs> <laughs> We spent about 10 minutes patting ourselves on the back yesterday. Yeah. We, we were like, just. Good job. Mm, good mm-hmm. job. Way to go. Great job, team. <laughs> you did it, mate. <laughs>
0: and it was a good couple of sessions. Like, that was awesome. And there's nothing better. And I. Uh, correct hey. me if I'm wrong, Sam, but there there's nothing better to a DM than coming off of a session and everyone is smiling.
1: Absolutely. And That's everyone had fun. Yeah, and because... all we really used for it was Discord, some dice, mm-hmm. and then some time editing afterwards. Which, yeah, you know, if you're playing in person with your friends, all you really need is dice, some paper, Discord, and some time and to enjoy. And imagination, imagination. <laughs> <laughs> but.
0: But getting back to the, the Matt Mercer effect, these are these are things that, you know, Matt Mercer has a team to do well, not his descriptive
1: vocabulary. That's yeah, just him being he, a, he an a absolute of, genius. He has a lot of practice mostly. Yeah. That, you know, he's been doing this for how long has critical role been on the air? Five years now?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: and then he was playing in private before that, and Absolutely. he's a
0: professional voice actor and you know, it's just it's just a lot of mitigating factors that come together into this perfect D picture. Um a good like middle ground for a good example of of even higher expectations for things like terrain would be Dimension 20.
1: Oh yeah, their terrain is crazy. Wow. Man. <laughs> I look,
0: I I go to critical role for the story. I go to Dimension 20 to look at their terrain.
1: They're also <laughs> like,
0: good. oh, my God, they're also great. Yeah, None. Brandon's amazing. Oh, yeah. And all almost the entire cast of one of my favorite uh, D&D podcasts is is in there. Um, uh, Emily Axford and and Murph. Uh, they're both players in that, and they they're amazing. And yeah. and
1: they're all um, also very comfortable speakers.
0: Well, yeah, that's the college humor people. They're all actors, too.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, (laughs) that's the common thread between the Matt Mercer effect or, you know, insert D&D show. Podcast. Yeah. You know, it's that's
0: the difference between Matt Mercer and and Dimension 20 and say, Brutal Critical is none of us are voice actors. We're just going with what we're doing. We're going with pure emotion and we're dealing with it along the way. And so, yes, these are some very real reactions, but also like we're hitting a lot of obstacles that they don't have because we don't understand cadence and things like that that have to do with scripts. We, we don't, don't do any of that. And that's a difficult thing to to get around. And honestly, we've gotten exponentially better since the first episode.
1: Oh God, yeah, I went back and we listened to We are
0: fantastic like now I'm loving I can't wait to see us I can't wait to see us in another six episodes and oh, yeah. and then like into episode 40 you know how how great
1: we are I I'm so excited to see where we go exactly and you know just like any other d d group should be doing at least we're constantly you know every single session we're getting a little better and so don't don't have one bad session and tell yourself well this is it dungeons and dragons is canceled it's done yes and we'll get into toxic dms and that guy players
0: and another oh Um, boy i can't that's a whole different players oh (laughs) that's a whole different topic that we will definitely get into um uh but i i want to i want to give a a matt mercer direct reply to the matt mercer effect
1: yeah
0: um so someone, someone asked, Mr. Builder on Reddit asked uh, a very lengthy question. Um, I'm running a campaign for a lot of first timers and I'm dealing with a lot of first timer problems. The one who never speaks up, the one who needs to be railroaded, the neutral good character being played uh, chaotic neutral and the chaotic neutral character being played chaotic evil. Lately, however, there's a new situation I'm dealing with. Uh, a third of my group first got interested in D&D because of critical role. I love Matt Mercer as much as the next guy, but these guys watched 30 plus hours of the show before they ever picked up a D20. The dwarf think that all dwarves have Irish accents and the Dragonborn sounds exactly like the one from the show, which is fine until they meet NPCs that play differently from how it's done in the show. I've been approached by half the group and asked how I plan to handle resurrection. When I told them that I decided when we got there, they told me how Matt, how Matt Mercer does it. Our WhatsApp is filled with geek and sundry videos about how to play RPGs better. There's nothing wrong with how they do it on the show, but I'm not Matt Mercer and they're not Vox Machina. At some point, the unrealistic expectations are going to clash with reality. How do you guys deal with players who have had past DMs they swear by? Uh, hmm. Matt Mercer responded to this. Oh, jeez. Guys relax your DM is kicking ass and is doing this for your enjoyment and the journey appreciate that listen build with them and make something unique abandon expectations and just be fun together as friends seeing stuff like this kind of breaks my heart regardless of the fact that the regardless the fact of the matter is our style of play is just that our style of play uh every table is different oops oh geez Sorry. Every table is different. It should be. They just want to copy what we do. That's not very creative. Uh, nor what makes the game magic at the table. Um, and I, I have to agree with him. Like very that, well was, that was also very big of Matt Mercer to come out and
1: be like, Hey, you know,
0: this isn't, this isn't cool.
1: Yeah. Like every game should be its own thing. It should be your game not critical role two or electric boogaloo
0: yes and he goes on it is it is quite it is quite the, the response quite the read yes uh and it's very poignant uh he goes on to say i've been playing DD for 20 years and dming for most of that i have an absurd amount of knowledge and it's impossible to expect uh, that immediate level of comfort and interest. It's unfair and absurd to the DM and the other players. Do they want a deep, convoluted emotional journey like Scanlan? They better be able to bring it like Sam did. No? Then Different sit down Sam. and just have fun. Different Sam, not this Sam. Not me.
1: I'm not part of Critical Role.
0: <laughs> he just, and he ends up being encouraging and saying, you're, you're going to do a, a great job. You're a great DM. And
1: and I think that he's he put it better than any
0: than anything we could Then oh, we yeah. then we could have said. Uh, oh, well, and Matt Mercer's a really stand-up guy.
1: Yeah,
0: um, he's incredibly he talented. He's an amazing person, amazing player. All he had to do was watch the finale of Critical Role to see how emotional it got him, and how you know that's how. I, I, once again, speaking for I think both of us, um, and you saw it at the end of our last campaign. Uh, how emotional we get and how attached we get to those stories. Oh, yeah. And he's no different than any of us. He he just has a lot more experience and a lot more backing than yeah. we do.
1: He has been playing and for almost as long as I've been alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, come on now.
0: He he started playing when I was, when I started reading uh, R.A. Salvatore's Legend of Drizzit. Yeah. Without knowing that it was D and D. Like I hadn't even started playing yet. I was nine years old.
1: Maybe. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, so since we're like, a little over the, the 30 minute mark, let's put a nice little bow on on the Matt yes, Mercer effects. Matt Mercer, we love question. you. Absolutely.
0: Um, we're huge fans. You're a huge inspiration to us as DMs and and us as players and a huge inspiration to our channel. Um and w- we never want you to stop. <laughs> yeah. And we're very glad that you understand the consequences and the better parts of being a good DM because you you're an incredible DM.
1: Yeah, you set a fantastic example of the quality that all DMs want to reach one day. So, yeah. Yes, you do. Yeah. On behalf of the entire D and D community, thank you. Absolutely. Um, and
0: so we're going to open it up. Uh, Randy's still here, so if Randy wants to chime in and say something, he can. Uh, we're going to open it up to questions, comments, concerns from you, from Randy, from anybody. Yeah. Um, and if not,
1: we're going to close out for this episode. To, they don't have to exactly pertain, uh, pertain to the map. No, fact, but any, try and keep
0: any them. questions. Yeah, yeah. Keep, them, keep them in line to, like, uh, problems at the table that have to do with expectations and things like that. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, the, the floor is open.
1: Yeah, because I'm sure everyone has had some sort of issue with games just not going as they expect. You and I have had plenty of those. Oh yeah. Problems. Oh <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: It's a harsh. Uh, it's a harsh uh, thing that it's we're. It's worse being a DM. Yeah, it is. Um. Because it's always. But we don't want to scare that. people off. You know.
1: Yeah. Because if you're playing with people that are your friends, you know. You're still gonna have fun even if you don't have every little thing planned to a t yes and it's a great and it's a great speaking and thinking exercise because you got to be quick
0: on your feet and there's a difference between playing a private game where no one else is listening where you guys are just playing together and doing something like what we do or in the next league up what dimension 20 does or in the next next league up work what critical role does
1: you know yeah, they exactly
0: it's doing a dnd show is very different from doing from playing D.
1: yeah it's and a little more separated than people would think yes it is <laughs> because when you're when you're playing it for you know the world to hear you do have to watch what you say and you do have to be a little more refined mm-hmm. but yes. when you're just you know playing in your buddy's living room having a time you know what you know what flies Deal with you dirty ass mofo's. Hey.
0: <laughs> well, I think that that is our our time today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But good start. Good good opening topic. Uh, next week we're going to be talking about the some why do i have the word the the phrase fashion faux pas in my head the huh. uh um some some major do's and don'ts at the table
1: absolutely table
0: etiquette table thank you etiquette table etiquette man i don't know why that
1: <laughs> the words eluded word you tough.
0: yeah the word eluded me um yeah table etiquette next week uh And we hope we can catch you guys uh, once again.
1: Absolutely. And where can people, for everyone who's listening on Spotify, where can people come to listen to these table talks live and ask questions? Oh, we have
0: the Brutal Critical Community Server on Discord. That's right. Uh, And I can post the invite if you're on mobile. But if you're on your computer, you can just go find it. Exactly. It is public. All of these are public. So when we when we you pop in, uh, you can just show up while we're on live and and wait around. This is what's called a stage channel, uh, which is something new for discord. Um, Sam, we're where can they find you if they want to come find you? Not physically. Don't tell them where you live. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to dox
1: myself. Thank you very much. But if I you know want to follow me on Instagram, I, I, hmm. <laughs> 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 you can find me on Instagram at authorized entry. You can find me there uh, if you have any questions that you don't feel comfortable uh, going into the server and asking or something like that. You're more than welcome to send them to me there and we can We can answer them on the
0: show for you. And you can find me at Canis or at tpk.games on Instagram. You can also find us on our Patreon, patreon.com slash tpkg. And remember to find us on Spotify. If uh, you're listening or anywhere else, a podcast can be found. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, wherever you're listening. We got you. you can find all of these episodes and our main quest line on that platform. Thanks for coming out, guys. Thank Thanks you, for everybody. Listening to us talk. Um, and remember to take care of yourselves and always keep on rolling.
1: See you guys Thursday.
0: Yes, sir. I so well. I'm so Players are carefree, invested in story Lines without rhyme or reason, unresolving Should I be stealing right from their theory? Crafting a world, am I just being lazy? Sometimes, the deadline I tend to misjudge Encounters are fine If I make them up